T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning. Welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you for 49 more minutes. That's all you have to put up with me. 49 more minutes. And a programming note, programming note, Hardline will be off the air next week. It's Labor Day weekend. And let's be honest, I'll be out of town. Also, I said on Friday that I would be in for Tom tomorrow. Well, Tom is in tomorrow. So don't worry. The full lineup is here tomorrow, except our good friend Brian Mazarowski is on his way back. But the lineup will be in full. It'll be a new morning. It'll be B-Maz and Beamer. It'll be David Bellavia, Tom Bowerly, and Tom Puckett. So just a little programming note to kick off your week. Now, on Friday, we had a push from Mayor, Buffalo Mayor, Byron Brown, to get on the ballot to run against India Walton in the mayoral uh, election coming up this November. Well, let's see how that went. We have uh, Republican Election Commissioner Ralph Moore on. Ralph, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Ralph, uh, what happened Friday with the mayor's push to get on the ballot? Well, Friday, the Board of Elections conducted a hearing, which was an administrative prerequisite to uh, Mayor Brown uh, bringing a legal action uh, to determine whether his name would appear on the ballot based upon the petitions that he filed with the Board of Elections. Uh, The board noted that uh, we listed arguments from the attorneys for both sides, and uh, the board determined that the petitions were filed late and that the board had jurisdiction, therefore, to decline uh, putting the name of Byron Brown on the ballot, but he would still be a write-in candidate and could still uh, pursue a write-in campaign for the November election. Um, I'm sure that decision is going to be challenged in court. Now, you said attorneys from both sides. Did India Walton have attorneys at this hearing going against the push? Uh, Yes, she did. Uh, What we did is we went through the process of... um, uh, of what uh, Mayor Brown's uh, efforts were. Uh, we tried to characterize uh, what the legal arguments were in, in support of him putting uh, his name on the ballot. And then we allowed an opportunity, we allowed his attorney to expand on it. And then we allowed uh, an opportunity for India Walton's attorneys to uh, dispute it. Now, you said that this will be challenged in court. What kind of challenges will we see, and what is the date that this has to be decided by? 
Well, I figure I, I, I'm not positive that it will go to court. I suspect that it will go to court. Uh, we've been informed uh, that a court challenge would be filed uh, if it hasn't already been electronically filed uh, within the next day or two. Um, the date by which the Board of Elections certifies the ballot would be September 9th. At that point, we would be finalizing the ballot, starting to print it. Uh, we have had instances in the past where past that certification date, uh, courts have ordered us to change the ballot. Um, and, you know, obviously we would follow any court directive that was uh, issued. Uh, what that might mean, however, is that people that would be receiving absentee ballots, military personnel, people overseas, uh, permanently disabled individuals who receive their ballots early may end up getting a second ballot if uh, Mayor Brown were to prevail, uh, which would, uh, you know, contain his name. So that would cause some confusion to the voters. Uh, but uh, usually in those instances, we accompany with a letter and try to explain uh, what occurred. Now, Ralph, you might not be able to answer this next question, but do you see any potential um, play where this plays out of Mayor Byron Brown winning one of those court appeals? Well, the arguments which were advanced by the attorney for Mayor Brown uh, were coherent and they were uh, based on some uh, court cases. The court cases, however, were er, were um, early court cases. They were before changes in the election law and changes in federal law. And uh, what Mayor Brown's attorney argued was that the fact that the state of New York went and changed the date of the independent nominating petition filing to a date prior to the election was too early. Now, the Board of Elections, while we may be sympathetic with that argument, while we may think that the legislature picked the wrong dates and should have made it later, uh, we don't have the authority to declare that unconstitutional. That obviously has to be done by a judge. Um, and the attorney for Mayor Brown acknowledged that. Uh, the issue before the board, because we are a ministerial board, we act on what's on the face of the uh, document and the laws that are applied, uh, was whether uh, the late filing of the petition can be excused and whether his name could be placed on the ballot regardless of any legal argument by the Board of Elections. And uh, we've uh, looked at the election law. We've uh, looked at the precedent that the Board of Elections has established in the past. We've looked at court cases, and we determined that we did not have that authority to put him on the ballot. Ralph, you know, someone uh, put, the, uh, put this text on the uh, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, and I think it's a, de a good question. Why was uh, India Walton's campaign involved with the mayor's case? Would this have been, if there were three people on the ballot, would all three of them been represented at this hearing? Yeah, we allow all the candidates that are affected uh, to be present at the hearing and to uh, make their arguments. Um, we tried to have it open. It was open to the public. We, of course, were in a crammed room, and we had to try to uh, comply with social distancing, so we allowed for uh, a Zoom presentation. 
uh, which uh, Mayor Brown's uh, attorney did avail himself of that. Uh, but we like to hear all the sides. We like to hear the public input. And uh, if there's something that the Board of Elections missing, we wanted somebody to raise that up and, and bring it to our attention. And uh, we listened to the arguments on both sides. And while the merits of the arguments made by Mayor Brown uh, may have some uh, validity, uh, we did we did not have the authority uh, to say, well, the legislature should have changed the dates and should have when they changed the dates, they made it too early and they should have done it later. So therefore, we're just going to let you on the ballot. Uh, everybody had a set of rules by which they played on. Uh, all the sheriff candidates, it might be noted, uh, are on an independent party line. Uh, despite the earlier date, they all went and filed independent nominating petitions. There are a number of town candidates uh, and town offices that are on uh, independent party lines. There's two uh, court cases regarding the town of um, Amherst independent party candidates, which are currently uh, working their way through the courts. Uh, so there was an opportunity. It may not have been the opportunity that Mayor Brown uh, desired. Uh, he may have wanted it to wait until after the primary election, but the timetable that the state legislature determined and whatever wisdom they had uh, didn't allow for that. So we followed the timetable that was set up in the law. All right, Ralph, let's play a hypothetical here. Say my, Mayor Brown, you know, everything goes the way it is right now, and Mayor Brown continues with his write-in campaign. And say on Election Day, you know, we count the votes, and it looks like Mayor Brown's write-ins uh, have more than India Walton's. With all the court challenges, how long would it be to make a write-in uh, victory an official victory? Well, it could take quite a while through the courts. Uh, what we will know on Election Day is whether it's possible that uh, Mayor Brown had more write-in votes than India Walton had on the machine. Uh, that would be able to be determined by the number of write-in votes are tabulated. Uh, we, although we don't know who they're tabulated for, they could be for Mayor Brown, they could be for Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, they could be for a number of other candidates that ex have expressed interest in running for mayor. But we'll know the total number of write-in votes that were cast. Plus, we'll also know the number of, of votes that were not cast in that column which could potentially be a write-in vote where somebody didn't do it properly by filling in the oval. Now, a write-in vote for an office has to be done in the column in which uh, that public office is listed. And we ask people and we request that they fill in the oval for the write-in so the vote can be tabulated as a write-in. However, if somebody mistakes that, doesn't put it in the proper box, but it's in the same column, if they put it in the proper box but don't fill in the oval, that still would count as a write-in vote. And the Board of Elections, after election night, collects all the ballots across the entire city of Buffalo and will be going through them with a hand count and a hand look uh, to see whether uh, a write-in vote was cast and who that was cast for. So we'll know on election night whether it's possible, but we won't know we won't be able to declare a victor that night unless the number of votes that India Walton got in the machine exceeds the number of write-in votes and the number of blanks that are uh, for that office.
Ralph, it'll be interesting to follow. You know, I am a political nerd, and I cannot wait to see how this plays out. And I'm sure we will be talking about it more as Election Day gets near. Thank you so much for joining me this Sunday. You're very welcome. That is Ralph Moore, GOP Elections Commissioner in Erie County. Now, you heard what happened. Here's the mayor's reaction to what happened on Friday. This is Mayor Byron Brown reacting to the Board of Elections decision that you just heard Ralph Moore uh, go into detail of what happened on Friday. Yeah, the Board of Elections made a determination today that we respectfully disagree with. We will continue to pursue our legal options. Uh, We submitted a petition with more than five times the required signatures, over 38, over 3,700 residents of the city of Buffalo uh, saying that they want to support my candidacy for mayor. We've also seen thousands of people sign up for the Write Down Byron Brown campaign. So we are confident uh, in the strength of our campaign going into the November 2nd general election. Well, as I've mentioned before, we've retained attorneys. We knew, however this went, uh, that it would go to a court process, uh, and uh, we uh, have retained attorneys, and uh, we respectfully disagree with the Board of Elections, and we will move forward now with our other legal options. (laughs) No, no, no surprise whatsoever. Uh, We anticipated this, and we're prepared for it. Mayor, speaking of attorneys, how much money... Uh, I don't even know. Uh, I don't. I don't worry about the uh, spending. I just focus on the campaigning. And I can tell you that the write down Byron Brown campaign is on fire. Uh, it's hot, just like it is today. And another question, uh, Mayor. Um, I want to know what specific campaign platforms on the website explaining to the voters where you stand on this issue. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about where we stand. The voters know where I stand on issues, uh, strong on public safety, strong on development, job creation, a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I've been a champion of um, affordable housing in the city of Buffalo. So it's very clear where I stand on the issues. A lot of accomplishments as mayor of the city of Buffalo. We've cut the tax rate in the city to the lowest level in over 25 years. So where I stand on the issues and what we've been able to accomplish with the people of Buffalo is very clear. You can say that today was a victory for India Walton with what happened at the DOE. Are you feel more pressure now? Are you concerned after what happened? No, I don't feel pressure. Like I said, our campaign uh, is on fire. Uh, it's hot, just like it is today. Uh, thousands of people have signed up to assist us in this campaign, and over 3,700 people signed petitions uh, saying that they'd like to vote for me uh, as mayor of the city of Buffalo. So we feel very good about where we are. Uh, what happened today was not an- anticipated, and we uh, continue to move forward. We've only got like two months till election. Uh, do you have time to get these? legal challenges taken care of? Uh, We absolutely have time, but beyond that, uh, we are pursuing a dual track. So I am a write-in candidate. Uh, This doesn't change that. And we're asking every voter in the city of Buffalo who wants to continue progress in our city, 
who doesn't want to see our city go backwards, we're asking them to write down Byron Brown in early voting or the November 2nd general election. What do you think your chances are of getting on the, on the ballot? Uh, we will continue to pursue it. Uh, as we've said to the voters of this community, uh, we are fighting for the future of the city of Buffalo, and we will continue to work as hard as we can for the future of this community. Is there a hard deadline in which you need to uh, meet to get on the ballot? Uh, what is that? You, you know, I'm not worried about deadlines. I'm worried about reaching every single voter. That's why I'm going door to door, knocking on doors, going to events, talking to people. Uh, we're asking everyone, uh, November 2nd or early voting, if they vote early, to write down Byron Brown uh, for the November general election. And that was Mayor Byron Brown, his reaction to the Board of Elections decision. And before that, you heard my interview with Ralph Moore going into detail, describing exactly how that decision was made on Friday. When we come back, we are speaking with Nick Rathod. All the stuff that's been going on uh, nationally here, he'll be joining us from the great state of Virginia to break down the situation in Afghanistan and also uh, Governor Cuomo's resignation and Kathy Hochul's first few days from a national standpoint. And I'm sure there's other things we'll talk about as well. It is Hardline. We're back after news, an update on Hurricane Ida here on News Radio 930 WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Final segment of the day. But don't worry, we're back to normal programming tomorrow. The normal schedule returns, and I will be joining you, as always, at 9 a.m. tomorrow. But we still have a segment left today and a lot to get to, a lot going on on the national scene. And who better to break it down with us than Nick Rathode joining us again. Nick, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be back. Thanks for having me. 
And by the way, Nick was uh, President Barack Obama's special assistant and deputy director for intergovernmental affairs in the office of the president. Now, Nick, speaking of the office of the president, I'd like your um, your breakdown of the situation in Afghanistan, where you think President Biden has done well and where you think he may have misstepped. Yeah, that is a a good question. Um, You know, it is uh, he was basically left, I think, with a very difficult decision to make. You know, uh, Donald Trump and his administration had negotiated this deal with the Taliban because Trump wanted out. And, um, you know, they had this timetable to leave. Uh, The Taliban had agreed to not attack Americans and not, you know, have uh, Afghanistan as a um, a place for terrorism or terrorist acts to occur uh, against against the U.S. In exchange, we would leave the country, and that timetable was set uh, with a deadline of September 11th. Um, and at the same time, you know, the State Department had been gutted uh, under the the Trump administration. Uh, and there were all of these other things that ha- that had happened. And so when Biden walked in, he was faced with the situation where he had to either surge troops, continue this 20 year war or, you know, get out. And the best way to do that was to build off of uh, Trump's um, um, agreement. And that's what he did. Um, and uh, it quickly fell, uh, as we know. Um, and I, so what I think that he did he did well is move forward on the policy to get out. I think that is the right decision. I think Americans believe that's the right decision. We've been there for 20 years. It's time to go. And, you know, I think where uh, there were some missteps, obviously, was in the execution of the removal. We should we should have been getting people out of there a lot sooner um, and not have this crisis now at the airport where basically people are, are essentially sitting ducks. Um, and we saw, uh, sadly, um, you know, what happened a couple of days ago with the bombing there. And, and um, you know, and, and, and the situation just continues um, uh, to get worse. And, 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 and my hopes and prayers are that we can, can get everybody out, no more casualties, and, um, and end this um, uh, without, any more, without any more of these, these problems. So that was a very, very difficult situation, Joe. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, a a few weeks from now when we are out of Afghanistan, and I agree with you, I I hope and pray that we can get everyone out and that we don't have any more casualties. Do you see any shuffling around of personnel within the Biden administration after what's gone on in Afghanistan? Uh, I think it's difficult. I I know there's calls for the Secretary of State, for Jake Sullivan, who's his top uh, advisor, um, and, and others to either step down or be removed. I know the Republicans are trying to move towards impeachment, which is just ridiculous to me, um, especially at this moment when when Americans are being killed and attacked. Um, but I think everyone will stay in place. This is, you know, it, it, having sat uh, and been in the White House, uh, you know, in, in for whatever reason, it's usually August where these, these things happen, where it's just crisis after crisis, that uh, it is a very difficult time. But you, 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 Biden is showing great leadership in this moment. I think he needs to stick with his team and get us out of where all of these these multiple crises that are currently happening. So I imagine he sticks with the team and 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 just keeps forging ahead, um, you know, and and uh, despite the calls uh, for, uh, for 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 changes. Now, before what uh, before what's going on in Afghanistan, before 
We've had this to talk about for two weeks. We did see um, some polling coming out that says uh, not too favorable of the vice president, Kamala Harris. And I've noticed that she has not been uh, she's not been around the administration as much. I know she was overseas. Um, Do you think that the polling of the vice president has to do with her not being as visible? Um, And do you think do you see those becoming more favorable as the next three years go on? Good question. I mean, I think uh, generally, you know, Kamala Harris needs to find kind of an identity within the administration. Um, And that is what I think people are struggling with a little bit. You know, it's like what what is her role in the administration? Who is she vis-a-vis the president? And what can she take on and kind of build her identity around? You know, under Obama, Joe Biden took on the um, the Recovery Act. He was in charge of, of several different things. And I know that she's been put in charge, but people just don't fully understand um, really like what her role is. And I do think that the lack of visibility, especially in recent recent weeks, has also kind of contributed to that. Like, OK, uh, trying to figure out, OK, how, how who is she? What sort of leader is she? Um, and 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 can she step up in a moment like this as well and provide some leadership? Uh, and so that's where I think there is a little bit of struggle amongst Americans on on defining uh, in their minds, um, you know, who she is and what she actually is. We also saw uh, Congress, you know, um, making a push for uh, voting acts. We talked about this last time um, with you, Nick, but we saw yesterday around the U.S. calls for Congress to bolster voting rights. It seems like this is still going on. How do you see this playing out and what would be a bipartisan bill you would see getting through both houses? Yeah, good question. So I actually took my kids down yesterday to the mall, uh, National Mall here in Washington, D.C., to to participate in the march. Um, and it was interesting and, and really nice to see the level of energy amongst people for uh, moving ahead and expanding our access to the ballot uh, and pushing Congress to move ahead with legislation. You know, there are currently two bills that are, are, are uh, sort of part of the discussion. One is the... Um, one is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and um, and uh, the other one is uh, uh, the uh, Senate Bill One. I'm forgetting the name currently, <laughs> um, and uh, and both of them are are uh, are are set up now. The House has passed uh, both, and they're sort of languishing uh, in the Senate. The version I think that um, that I think will end up passing and hopefully will pass is the one that Joe Manchin has indicated that he. Uh, has more comfort with, which is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And essentially what that does is provide some additional protections under law for people to access the ballot and to um, and to and to vote. Um, and it stores so um, it restores the uh, pieces of the Voting Rights Act that was gutted in this decision called Shelby uh, versus Holder. And um, it reprovides some of those protections. So I think some version will pass. I think it'll be more uh, likely the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Um, and um, knock on wood, we'll, we'll get to a point where Joe Biden can sign that into law. 
Do you ever see a, uh, a, a situation play out where voter ID would be part of one of these things? You know, because I've talked with uh, Congressman Brian Higgins, who is a Democrat, uh, but he said if that's what it came to, to have a compromise, to have a bipartisan passing, that he would sign on for something that called for voter ID. Do you see any other Democrats signing on with that? I think there are quite a few moderates that would sign on to that, especially if an exchange we can get greater access to the ballot. Some states have done it already. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it is very um, obtrusive, uh, especially for people who don't have, you know, who are older, um, who uh, come from c- certain marginalized communities, uh, that type of thing, to be able to, uh, to have to do that. But if um, that is a piece of uh, broader legislation that does other things to expand access to the ballot, I think that's part of the sausage making that will be up for debate. And I can see several Democrats going in that direction um, to get to get this bill over the finish line. And I don't want to misquote the congressman. He said he would be in support of that if there was a condition that states would provide free um, IDs for those who didn't have them. So I just want to make sure that I add that. He said there would have to be a condition uh, for free IDs for the states for him to agree. I, I don't want to misquote the congressman. Yeah, no, and th- I think that, that that's a smart play, um, you know, that – that in exchange for that, where it won't be, where it wouldn't be so difficult to have that sort of compromise, I think would be would be smart, and 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 uh, the congressman's right on that. Now, last time we talked to you, we still had Governor Andrew Cuomo here in New York State. Since we've talked to you, Nick, we've uh, seen him resign and Governor Kathy Hochul take over. First, I want to know what you thought of uh, the governor resigning here in New York State. Something that I have to admit, I did not see coming. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I also didn't see that coming. You know, Cuomo, pretty, pretty uh, hard-headed guy, uh, and and uh, you know, a fighter. But you know, I think between the pressure of the legislature, I think National Democrats, Schumer, and others weighing in because uh, they didn't want to kind of be be tied to him, uh, especially as you kind of start looking at the midterms, that there was enough pressure there to, to um, you know, ask him to step down. And it was the right thing to do. I mean, the, there are several credible uh, uh, stories. These women were, um, you know, uh, harassed by him, and it was the right thing to do as a leader and, and, and as a human being. Uh, and so I'm glad he did. And, uh, you know, Governor Hochul, I think, has, has assumed the and so far has done a good job. I mean, she's she's facing a lot of the similar crisis that press country um, in so many ways between COVID, uh, especially, because of, you know, with COVID, there was this uh, eviction moratorium that got uh, overturned um, and she's jumping to action. You know, she, she just instituted the mask mandate for schools, which I think is a smart thing. Um, she's calling a special emergency session up there uh, to uh, to address the eviction issues. Um, and so she's jumping and springing into action uh, and, and I think is, is already doing a pretty good job. What is the uh, the thoughts, you know, because Kathy Hochul, one of our own, Nick, the first Western New York governor for over 100 years. So, uh, you know, to see Buffalo in the in the uh, mansion in Albany, uh, we're, we're taking a lot of pride in that. And we're hoping that it also means a new stadium in Orchard Park. Uh, but what are the views on Kathy Hochul nationally so far, her short tenure as governor? I think I think she's done a great job, and I think people are impressed by her. Uh, you know, the interviews I've seen, 
the conversations I've had here in, in Washington, uh, people think it, it's refreshing to see it uh, and, and that she's already doing a good job. And she has a good team around her. Um, you know, she just selected a, a, a strong lieutenant governor. And um, I think she's done a good job and people are impressed. So uh, congratulations to, to, to Buffalo for producing uh, some of the great character and, and quality uh, and experience to, to help lead the state forward. But you know how New York State works? It's it's kind of a lot like Virginia. In New York State, downstate kind of controls the elections. Um, in Virginia, it's it's Northern Virginia that kind of controls the elections. Do you think it'll be difficult for a moderate Democrat from upstate New York to get elected as governor? Uh, no, you know I think she she um, you know if she can prove herself to be competent to address some of these issues, people respect that and want strong leaders. Who can do right by them? Even here in in Virginia, you know, in, in uh, we care about good governance. We care about people who can produce and you know make people feel better and, and their lives better and safer. And you know, like I said, she's she's bringing into action on a number of different fronts, doing the things that that people I think will will react positively to. Um, and uh, and I, I do think she's setting herself up in a really strong way for for election. Nick, this week we also saw the FDA uh, approve the Pfizer vaccine. Or was that last week? I, you know, everything is just blending together. Uh, <laughs> but the FDA uh, uh, approved the Pfizer vaccine. And, you know, we it, it seems that we've kind of hit this wall when it comes to vaccinations. Do you see that approval of the FDA helping the um, administration get the messaging for vaccine out there? I think so. You know, it, it provides some peace of mind that wasn't there before. You know, prior to this, it was under this emergency authorization, which, you know, I think people were still like, okay, let me wait and see. Uh, let's 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 see how people are reacting to it. Let's um, you know uh, see if anyone gets sick. That type of thing. And I think there is a group of people that now have probably, hopefully, some peace of mind and confidence that now it's been fully accepted by the FDA and approved. And um, we'll we'll move ahead with the vaccine, um, you know. And then there's still probably this whole cohort of people, the conspiracy theorists and others, and others who I think genuinely probably have some some healthy um, uh, distrust of government that may never get it. But uh, the other thing, actually, that we're seeing too is that in certain states where these numbers are rising, hospitals are are at max capacities. I think people are actually looking around and they're like, okay, well. This is real. Um, I need to protect myself. And, and I think that that's also driving some of the uh, uptick in vaccinations. And, and there has been a considerable uptick, especially in the last several weeks. So I think that uh, between the uh, FDA uh, authorizing, between I think people seeing what's going on around them, um, you know, there, there, there is this uptick in vaccines. And, and I hope that continues. Nick, I know you uh, you go around and campaign, so you're very familiar with uh, being on the campaign trail. And our mayoral race here, I think we talked about this a little bit last time you were on. Our mayoral race is our current mayor, who is a write-in candidate, against Democrat Socialist India Walton. And our mayor tried to make a push, uh, Mayor Byron Brown, tried to make a push to get on the ballot Friday. He lost that. So it will be India Walton on the Democrat line versus Mayor Byron Brown as a write-in. How difficult is a write-in election, and does it help that he is an incumbent heading to the polls in November? This will be a great case study for political science, <laughs> uh, political science uh, teachers, I think, in the country, because those dynamics are really dynamic there, because 
Yes, usually traditionally write-in candidates, it's very, very difficult because, you know, get, let alone getting people to the polls is, is difficult. Uh, getting them to know who they're voting for, you know, can be difficult often. And then, you know, just, just checking the, the, the box uh, can be difficult. Now you're asking them to actively remember your name when they walk in, write, write the, your name down, and then, um, you know, and, and cast your ballot. So it is traditionally very difficult. But because someone might have a higher name identification, people are, are know and comfortable with that person. That is, um, that is, that is, uh, you know, gives them a little bit of an advantage in that, uh, in that way. Uh, but again, I think it's going to be an uphill climb, um, especially with that with that kind of dynamic going on. But it'll be fascinating to watch and see, um, you know, if. if uh, if he can pull it off. Yeah, and, and I know this election got a lot of uh, a lot of attention a- after the primary when India Walton did defeat Mayor Byron Brown. You had uh, people like AOC commenting on her victory. And so not only is he not on the ballot, but I think there's going to be also a lot of money coming in from outside of state uh, to help India Walton. So it'll be interesting. It, it, it's, it's the first time I can remember there actually being a, a mayoral uh, election in Buffalo. Usually after the Democrat primary, you know who the winner is. So this is a It's at least a first for me being a host here on BEN, but I think it might be the first that I can remember in the last 20 years that we are having a mayoral uh, election here in Buffalo. Well, Uh, yeah, I mean, that that is it's really fascinating. And I think in Buffalo it's unique. And I I, I have a sense in the in the coming months and years that um, that type of dynamic is going to be playing out in other parts of the country as well. Well, Nick, uh, from the state of Virginia, Nick Rathode, and Nick, in five days, I will be in the beautiful state of Virginia for the Virginia Tech home opener, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally be back in Blacksburg, back in Lane Stadium, and hopefully witnessing what will be an upset because UNC, they are five-point favorites. But I'm hoping to be in Virginia for an upset Friday night at 6 o'clock. Well, there are a few places better than Blacksburg to be on a Saturday afternoon, so I'm uh, jealous and excited for you. That's that's that that's that's awesome, Nick. It's always great catching up with you. Thanks again for joining the show, and hopefully we'll talk soon. All right, take care. Thanks for having me on. That is Nick Rathode. He is a former Obama White House staffer, giving the Democratic perspective. Because as you know, here on Hardline, you know my opinions, and you hear my opinions throughout the week, Monday through Friday. On Sundays, I get the opinions of all. And I want the opinions of those on the right and the opinions of those on the left. And it is nice that Nick will join us and give us the national perspective from the left side here on Hardline. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back here tomorrow at 9 a.m. And we have our normal programming back. It's a new morning from 5 to 9. BMAZ and Beamer, 9 to 10. David Bellavia, 10 to 2. Tom Bowerly, 2 to 6, and Tom Puckett letting you know what's happened from 6 to 7 with Buffalo's evening news. Meet the Press is next, and we will keep you up to date on everything going on with Hurricane Ida as it approaches landfall. We will keep you up to date right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 